So there's been a long-standing tradition on Easter. Well, not just on Easter, but every, every day when believers meet, that someone will say, He is risen, and there's a response. So let's try that. He is risen indeed. He is risen. It's a beautiful day. I get to see you folks. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Um, my wife is here at this service this morning. Did you really think I wasn't going to point you out, sweetheart? So, yeah. One, did, one thing did happen that bothers me. You know, someone, was, someone left a note here yesterday. I mean, I would call this vandalism. Somebody vandalized the building today, uh, yesterday. I walked in this morning and found a note. It's threatening. I'm just, are you concerned to hear this? This made me very uncomfortable, but I, th- I think it needs to be brought out in the open. Uh, this note contains an atrocious, heinous lie, by the way. It says, welcome to our church. Our pastor is a diehard Cowboys fan. God bless, and how about them Cowboys? Um, I mean, that sounds like a message right out of the pits of hell itself to me. Uh, so... What's that about? I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who it is, and I'm praying for him real hard. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep on praying for that particular individual whose name I won't mention, because it's just, you know, I don't want to embarrass the family or anything. It's, that's bad. You never know what people will do. Can I get an amen to that? You never know what people will do. I don't think I ever learned as much about human nature in such a short period of time as when I worked at a convenience store. I uh, worked for Donnie Easter back when, when Road Rider was TNT. And uh, I was blessed. I met a lot of wonderful people there. I mean, you know, great to work for, great to work with. But you never quite knew who was going to walk through those doors. You really didn't. Most of them were super, but once in a while you'd get some, some people who came in with some, uh, well, have you ever, let me just say, have you ever had a job where you worked with the public? I think of my poor mom who works up here at the tax office. No one's happy when they come to pay their taxes. And they only come in to see her when they think there's something wrong with their taxes. So God bless you. God bless you. So um, if you've ever worked uh, with the public, you know. When I first met my wife, she was a waitress. So uh, I learned really quickly the way to get to her heart was to be really nice to, to waiters and waitresses. And that's what I've always done. But if you've ever worked with the public, especially in something like a a restaurant environment, you understand that people have some really unreasonable expe- expectations One time, uh, sometimes. I read a story this week about how this lady complained about the ice in her drink at a restaurant. And she had specifically asked for ice. And they said, ma'am, what's, you asked for ice. What's, what's wrong? And she said, well, I wanted the ice at the bottom of my drink. So I'm sure someone has invented non-floating ice. But I don't know if it's going to be cost effective. She said, I, I wanted it on the bottom and it's on top. Um, I read another story about a guy who checked into a hotel and immediately came back down to the front desk to complain. He said, I was supposed to have an ocean view room and I can't see the ocean. And the front desk clerk calmly explained that it's currently nighttime. And that may be why you can't see the ocean because it's dark. It, that happens every single night. And uh, I read a story about a young woman who I believe she was a vegetarian and she cried when she found out that yes, indeed, the chicken Parmesan has chicken in it. She was very upset. Uh, You know, people seem to be surprised when ice cream is cold or when pizza is 
hot or, or when, no, you really can't have a refund when you've ate, ate the whole thing and those coupons expired six years ago and they probably aren't going to work now. Um, if you've ever worked a job with the public, you, you get it. And, and we, like to, we like to think that we're not like that. It's other people who have unreasonable expectations. Our expectations are all good. And uh, I know you guys would never be rude to anybody at a restaurant. Um, One thing I've said since the beginning of this, if you're going to be rude to anybody on a Sunday afternoon after you leave here, make sure they don't know you came from here. Okay? If you got like a Recreate shirt on, go change your clothes if you think you might be rude. Uh, You know, we've given out like Recreate shirts and hats and hoodies through the years. My deal is you got to treat everybody nice when you're wearing your Recreate gear because I don't want them to know you came from here acting that mess. Um, I don't know if it's still the case, but Katie used to say that Sundays was the worst day to work in a restaurant because sometimes the church folks weren't very nice. We're not going to be like that, though. Uh, We do, however, um, sometimes we do have unrealistic expectations in general. Well, for example, have have you ever experienced disappointment, frustration, maybe a lot of it? So where does disappointment and frustration come from? You had an expectation that one thing was going to happen? But your experience was something else? I mean, that's an expectation problem there. Your, your experience didn't match your expectation. I like to think I'm a reasonable guy. I mean, I tell myself that. Not everyone else says I'm a reasonable guy. I think I, you know, creative guy, have ideas how to make things work. So when I was remodeling a bathroom one time, I felt sure I could find a way to make a 60-inch shower insert fit in a 59-and-a-half-inch hole. And... Have you ever heard the phrase, mad enough to make a preacher cuss? Plumbing can do that. Can I tell you that no amount of prayer and no amount of colorful language will make a 60-inch shower insert fit in a 59-and-a-half-inch hole? You're going to have to go back and make that hole bigger, and that's what you're going to have to do. And you know what I ended up doing? I went and made the hole bigger. So I I like to think that... uh, my expectations are good, but I have, have those moments like all y'all do where we say, man, it wasn't supposed to be like this. You have those times, it wasn't supposed to be like this. People get married. Two people get married and they come in with all kinds of expectations on how marriage is going to be. They think hey, marriage is going to be just like they imagined. Bless your heart. Some of y'all been married for a while. Bless your heart. You know, sometimes before you get married, you think you know what you're getting into you think you know who you're getting into it with. It might even be better than you imagined, and I can say that because I am within six feet of my wife uh, right now. It could be just better. It can be better than you imagine. That's a great thing, son. That's a great thing. So uh, I will say, though, you might find out that that angel you married isn't angelic every moment of the day. You see, I'm moving to this side of the stage. And ladies, you might find out that the knight in shining armor some days, he's just a guy in a tinfoil hat. That's all he is. It's not going to be what you expect. You know, it's good. You make it work. It's just not always going to be what you expect, you know. Um, I don't care how good or healthy your marriage or relationships are. You're going to have times where you're like, man, it, it wasn't supposed to be like this. I thought I had a house-trained human that I've taken in. You know, and now they're like this. Come on. Um, in fact, everybody, every conflict between people comes 
comes from a mismatch between expectations and experience. You, you expect your family or your coworkers or, or your friends to act a certain way or respond in a certain way, and, and where they don't, that's where the drama comes from. Not us, obviously. Not our families. We don't have any drama. There's no drama in your family or your work or your school or anything like that. Other people. Theoretically, that's where drama comes from. Um, yeah, I think we've all got a little bit of drama. You know, you start a new job, you have certain expectations. It's going to be a certain way. And then at some point, you're like, I didn't, it wasn't supposed to be like this. Uh, you build your dream home or you, you buy your dream home. And it turns out when the wind blows a certain way, the roof leaks. And no matter how much tar you put on that roof, it still leaks a little bit. Anyone else had any roofing problems? It always, God bless y'all, y'all been, been favored. I don't see any hands going up on the roofing problems. You're blessed and highly favored. God must love y'all more than he loves me because my roof has leaked. I'm just joking. Please don't take me that seriously. We think we're good at expectations, but maybe we're not so good. Lots of times our experience meets uh, is not what we expected. And, and unmet expectations are always hard, but they're especially hard when it comes to God. When, when we, we think God should help us work things out in a certain way, and when He doesn't, it feels very unfair. It's, uh, if you've ever felt like God has been unfair or He didn't care, I know those are not usually feelings that people voice because it's embarrassing. To show up in church and say, I don't think God's been very fair to me this week. But the fact is, we all have those times. We'll have times where it doesn't feel fair, it doesn't feel right, feel frustrated and disappointed, and we feel like God didn't hold up His end of the bargain as we see it. If you felt that way, you're not alone. Would you believe there was a time when, when pretty much every follower of Jesus was feeling that way? There was a, a few days, about three days, where pretty much everybody who believed in Jesus felt that feeling it wasn't supposed to be this way. They expected it to go a certain way. It didn't go a certain way. And they wondered, did God not keep His promises? Was this not, it, not what it was supposed to Was Jesus not who he was, we thought He was? And they were confused, certainly. Disappointed, definitely. Maybe even a little angry. Is it actually okay to be angry with God? Oh, what a question. That's not a question maybe I can answer so easily. But I will say whether it's okay or not, you're going to feel that sometimes. And it's what you do from there that matters. Some of the greatest heroes of the faith went through times that they were angry with God. Did you ever read the book of Psalms? About half the Psalms, King David starts out saying, more or less, God, I don't get it. I'm upset. I'm not happy about this. But he didn't leave it there. Don't just stay angry. Use that anger to drive you to understand more. King David, instead of pulling away from God when he was upset, he leaned in towards God. You're going to be upset sometimes. But don't just simp don't settle for being angry when God doesn't meet your expectations. When unmet expectations are some of the best opportunities for growth in faith and understanding. So I want to tell you a story of what happened to a couple followers of Jesus. It's in Luke 24. And um, I'm going to tell it mostly like a story. And uh, I'm going to pray for us real quick before we do that. Heavenly Father, I pray you will open up the word to us now and help us to understand, to take it into our hearts. And uh, maybe we're the ones that need to learn and grow today as we're dealing with unmet expectations. In Jesus' name, amen. So there were these two followers of Jesus. We know one of them's names was Cleopas. The other guy, we don't get his name. And it was a Sunday. 
It was a Sunday, which was for them the first day of the week. We think of it kind of as the last day of our week. For them, first day of the week. And they were heading home after a big religious holiday. In that time, in that culture, everyone pretty much went to Jerusalem if they could to celebrate the holidays, especially this one. And they might have stayed a little longer, except they experienced such a huge disappointment while they were there. They thought something was supposed to go one way, and it did not And now they're disappointed and they're confused and they're walking home to a place called Emmaus, which is about seven miles away from Jerusalem. As they walked, they talked about what happened. They had been following this incredible spiritual leader. Some folks said he was a rabbi. Some folks said he was a prophet. But these men felt like he was something more than that. They felt he was the Savior sent from God, the Messiah. And they saw him do miracles and they saw him do wonderful things and but, but now it seems to be over. They knew their teacher had enemies. They warned him against going to Jerusalem. He said, they said, please, don't go to Jerusalem. We're afraid the bad guys will get you if you go there. But he went, and sure enough, in the dead of night, the religious leaders came and arrested him, put him through a mockery of a trial, and crucified him. And now he's dead. So now what? Jesus was supposed to be the Messiah. He was supposed to be the Savior. He was supposed to give them eternal life, but he's dead. Wasn't supposed to be like this. Was not supposed to be like this, so they thought. Unmet expectations, they're difficult, but when when you feel like God has let you down, that's especially hard. You know, most folks who put their faith in Jesus and they're saved, they come into it excited. You should be excited. If you got the Lord, you should be excited. You have passed from death to life. You have been busted out of prison. The devil has no more claim on you. You're made new. You're living a different life now. You're choosing to live for Jesus instead of living for the old temptations. But of course, since you're trying so hard to do the right thing, to live right, it's only natural to expect, man, this should get a little easier now. Since we're on God's team, right? Since we're on team Jesus, then the Lord should make it a little easier. Knock down some obstacles anyway. Help us make sense of some of the messes we're in. You know, deal with any of the big problems. We know life won't be perfect. We won't always get the good parking spot when we pull into Walmart. But things should be a little easier, shouldn't they? But is that how life really works? Nah. What happens when life throws you curveballs? What happens when life hits you below the belt and you have to put up with pain or put up with something that feels very unfair and you keep trying to hold everything together and it's all falling apart? You pray for something to happen. It doesn't happen. You pray that the drama of whatever is going on will get resolved, but the drama is still dramatic. What then? Wasn't life supposed to be easy? Why isn't God keeping up his end of the deal? It wasn't supposed to be like this. That's where those disciples were as they walked along the road. They thought Jesus was supposed to be the Savior, but He died. It wasn't supposed to be like this. They felt like they'd been let down. And as they walked along and they were conversing and they are trying to sort it out, another person kind of comes out of nowhere and starts walking with them. They didn't know who he was. They did not recognize Him. Um, but he seemed nice, and he said, hey, can I walk with you guys? And he said, sure. And um, he asked them, so what are you guys talking about? It sure does seem to be making you sad. Or what's been going on here? Uh, 
one of the disciples, the, the guy named Cleopas, he said, buddy, you must not be from around here. Now, some of you who moved in from other areas might have got that at some point. Say, you ain't from around here, are you? Yeah. So you must not be from around here. How do you not know all these things? And the, the stranger says, well, what things are you talking about? And they said, well, all the things about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet who was mighty in miracles and in the word of God. And we, everybody was amazed by him. Our religious leaders, however, captured him and had him crucified. We were really hoping he was the Messiah. We were really hoping he was going to deliver Israel to redeem our people. But he's been dead for three days now. And this stranger who was walking with them said, oh, wow, that's quite a story. Is there anything more, anything else? And, and Cleopas said, well, as a matter of fact, we did get some strange news this morning. Some of the women who were in our fellowship, they went to the, the tomb where he was buried early this morning, and they said they saw angels, and that Jesus was, the angels said that Jesus was alive. And we looked in the tomb, and the tomb was empty. And then some of the men who were in our fellowship ran and they looked and they saw that they didn't see the angels, they didn't see Jesus, but they said the tomb was empty too. Now here we are, we're not even sure what to think about all this. We're just, we're going home. We've had enough. We don't know what to make all this drama. So we're just going home. And the stranger who walked with them said, you say it wasn't supposed to be like this, huh? But I'm here to tell you, this is exactly what it was supposed to be like. This was promised and foretold by the prophets. The Messiah was always destined to suffer and lay down his life and to rise again. That is exactly what was foretold. And he begins in what we would call the Old Testament. They didn't call it that then because there wasn't a New Testament. It was the only testament. So it was still the OT, the only testament. And he starts at the beginning, and he goes through all the scriptures about the Messiah, and particularly those about his suffering. And we don't know exactly that whole list. Wouldn't it be great to have that list of the things that this amazing stranger um, spoke about? We can guess what some of them were. Probably one of them was Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 was a passage from the Old Testament that pretty much everybody knew was talking about the Messiah. That was a thing. Everybody recognized that. I think we have that here. Isaiah 53. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. You need to read the whole thing and study it. It's all amazing. I'm just going to give you like four verses. Isaiah 53, 3 through 6 says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And this prophecy goes on to say more about how the Messiah would suffer and how he would be put to death despite being innocent. And I'm sure this person who was speaking to them along the road to Emmaus 
Gave them many more prophecies. Many more of these. Probably Psalm 22 as well. Lots and lots of Old Testament passages that talk about the coming Savior and how He would suffer and how He would die. What happened to Jesus when He was nailed on the cross was awful. Absolutely awful. But it was not really unexpected. He said it several times. Did you ever notice that reading the Gospels? He told them several times. He said, I'm going to go down to Jerusalem. And I'm going to die. They're going to crucify me. And I'm going to come back in three days. It's, but they apparently did not hear it. Have you ever looked someone straight in the eye and explained something to them? And they did not get it. And they act like they never heard it. These people are called husbands and children. And it, I'm, we're, going to stay, we're not going to mess with in-laws today, Matt. I am not brave enough. Some of mine are here. We are not doing that. But I'm just saying, you can look somebody straight in the eye and they nod their head like they understand, okay? And they didn't, it just, yeah, it just, whoop, it just went. It just didn't stick. Nothing stuck. So, yeah, they, they should not have been so surprised. It wasn't as though God promised one thing and another thing happened. The Messiah was always going to give His life. They just didn't want to hear that part. Sometimes the stuff that we husbands and children don't want to hear is the stuff uh, that we don't hear is the stuff we didn't want to hear in the first place. We're leaving that one alone, though, because it's Easter and we all need to get along with our families and no one needs to have a bad car ride home. You ever had a bad car ride home from church? I didn't ask that question. Forget I asked that question. Uh, We're moving on from here. That's why me and my wife drive separately. Smart, smart, smart. Uh, It's because she's not a crazy person who wants to get here two hours early. She's a smart person. The followers of Jesus were disappointed and confused that their expectations were not met. They expected the Messiah to come and just and throw off the, the uh, yoke of Rome and deliver them and to establish a political entity called Israel again. They had in their head what was supposed to happen. They did not get that He was going to suffer. But did God really let them down? No. God did what He said He was going to do. You know, that, the deliverance thing was going to happen a lot later. That's still going to happen yet. But God, he, Jesus was coming the first time to suffer and to give His life. And that, see, their, their, misunder, their unmet expectations weren't based on the Scriptures. They were based on their own understanding. If they had understood the Scriptures, they wouldn't have been disappointed. Maybe that's a lot of our problem. That we don't always make sure that our expectations are in line with what God actually said. We get it in our head how life is supposed to be. And when life ain't like that, we say, Lord, what's going on? What's going on, Lord? I do the things. I show up on Sunday. I drop a little something in the box. I do what I'm supposed to do. I could have punched that guy out at work last week, but I didn't because I love you, Jesus. That's the only reason why that man at my work has got all his teeth, or at least the number of teeth he started with, is because I love you, Jesus, and I was not going to throw that hand because I love you. And here it is, and now i got a flat tire. Come on, Lord. You owe me four good tires, at least, for not sending that man to the dentist. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? Well, we, we think so. We never actually say it out loud, but we kind of subconsciously assume that all hardship and difficulty and suffering is bad, 
and that the evidence of God's love for us is an easy life with earthly prosperity. Sounds nice. So let's put that assumption to the test. Okay. The assumption is if God really loves us, our lives wouldn't be this hard. That's the assumption. Okay. Can we think of someone that God absolutely, definitely loves? Think of some individual. I mean, think of who you love the most. Probably, you know, so who's closest to you. Maybe that's family. For me, it's, it's family. You know, I look at my kids. I say, you know, I love my kids. Definitely love my kids. Love my wife. You know, does God have any close family like that? Oh, he has a son, Jesus. Yeah. God definitely loves Jesus. Did Jesus obey God? Did he please God? Did he do everything he was supposed to do? Yes, absolutely. The only person who ever did. So if the theory is that those who God loves and those who love God should have an easy life, then Jesus should have had an easy life. Did he? Did everybody like Jesus? Did everybody treat him nicely? Did he end up wealthy and respected and comfortable? He never did have a flat tire because he didn't have a car. So he had that, I guess. During his earthly ministry, did he have a big, beautiful house to live in? No, he was pretty much homeless. He was a homeless wanderer. And was his, did he end up comfortable? He ended up on a cross. So our theory is that if God really loved us and, and we're doing the right thing, then our lives should be easy, but it doesn't hold up because it doesn't pass the Jesus test. Because God obviously loves Jesus. Jesus did everything right and his life wasn't easy. Uh, it's the false beliefs that promise that if you're a good person, good things will come to you. Now, it's, you should be a good person. You should be a good person. You should not be a bad person. You should treat people kindly. But then again, everybody you meet more or less will say, yeah, I'm a good person. I've done a lot of prison ministry. You know all them dudes in prison? You know what they said? Say, I'm a pretty good person. At least I ain't as bad as that guy. There's always that guy. There's always your crazy neighbor or that one dramatic family member that you can always look at when you're having a bad day and say, oh, I'm not like them. And we assume that because we are Good people, life should go smoothly. Sounds nice, but does that work? No, lots of times good people have a hard life. I bet you know some people who are good people, nice people, kind people who have a hard life, don't you? So it, it doesn't hold up. And God measures goodness in a very different way. He measures goodness by Christ-likeness, being like Jesus. Jesus is the standard of goodness. And if Jesus, who is the standard of goodness, did not have an easy life, why do we think... God owes us an easy life. Did God promise there would be no storms? Or did He promise that he would, we would never go through the storm alone? Never alone. Never alone. If, you, if you're thinking about following Jesus because some slick TV preacher told you just pray this prayer and everything will be fine, well... That's not going to work for you. Um, ask some people who've been doing this Jesus thing for a while, and they'll tell you it's not a ticket to an easy life. But if you are following Jesus because 
you want to be set free from the brokenness in your life. If you are following Jesus because you want peace in a world that is not peaceful. If you're following Jesus because you want meaning in a world that seems to be devoid of meaning. If you're following Jesus because you want your life to matter. If you're following Jesus because you want someone to walk with you and guide you through this world that can be so difficult. If you want to, if you're following Jesus because you want to know that no matter what happens here, there's something better waiting on us, then you can find that. That's the good stuff. You ain't never going to meet a person who has great faith who has not been through great fire. You know somebody with faith? Probably. Hey, I, I think of some uh, some people in my family that are going to be with the Lord now, and how much faith they had. I know uh, Rose and Juanita talk about uh, you know their mother, my great grandmother, who raised eleven kids in the Depression. You think that woman had faith? She's a tiny little woman, tiny little thing. So much faith that didn't come cheap. It cost her something. Faith cost you something. Faith means you go through the fire. Let's go back to the story. Remember we left those two guys walking along the road and they got this stranger there with them and they, they were amazed at the prophecies that he explained. Uh, they were convinced of the truth that the Messiah was destined to suffer, to be killed, and to rise again. So they're almost, they're, they're getting to Emmaus. It's time. They're finally home and it's about dark. And, and this person who has been walking with them, he says, hey, y'all have a good one. I'm just going to keep on walking. And they're like, no, 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 no. Come on, you've got to... This has been great. We want to keep talking to you. Come on in the house. Let's have something to eat. Maybe they were from the south. They invited you. You had to have something to eat. Come on in. Have a biscuit and some sweet tea. Come on in here, sugar. Let's have some sweet tea. So they invite him in, and they, they set the dinner table. They probably didn't have sweet tea or biscuits, but they had bread. And they said, uh, sir, it's been amazing. You've opened the word of God to us. Can you, how about you say the blessing for us? And he said, you know what? I will do that. And he blessed that bread and he broke it and he handed it to him. And when he handed it to him, they recognized who he was this whole time. He'd been someone that they knew very well. And in the moment they recognized him, he disappeared. Now, you know who he was. You've known the whole time, haven't you? Who is this person who was walking along the road with them, telling them all about the, thing, the things about Jesus? Who was it? It was Jesus. Jesus, hey, he knows a little bit about Jesus. You know, he, was, he told them all these scriptures, and they're, they're like, oh my goodness, we should have known it. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened the scriptures? And they jumped up, ran through the dark back to Jerusalem and told him, said, we just seen Jesus. Ran seven miles. I don't think I've ever had that amount of excitement or adrenaline to run seven miles. There better be something chasing me. And I ain't afraid to go to, the he go to heaven. So, you know. Anyway, it was just amazing. And it turns out they weren't the only ones who had seen the risen Lord. So these two disciples, they had looked at the crucifixion and said, it wasn't supposed to be like this. It's supposed to be so different. From their point of view, the crucifixion looked like the failure of God's promises. But was it? It was the fulfillment of God's promises. If they understood the promises, the problem wasn't with the promise. The problem was with their understanding. Listen very carefully. God has never made a promise He will not keep. Not once. If it ain't happened yet, it will. 
Maybe not when you expect it to happen, but it will. He always keeps his promises. Yet here on this earth, life is so full of disappointment and struggle sometimes. Do you know anything about disappointments? Frustrations? Absolutely. Have you got any situations where it it seems like God hasn't come through? And you've prayed about it, you've lifted it up to God, and it's still there. And it wasn't supposed to be like this. It wasn't supposed to be drama in our family. It wasn't supposed to be struggle in my life. It wasn't supposed to, hey, wasn't supposed to be sick. It wasn't supposed to be struggling to make ends meet. It wasn't supposed to be like this. We weren't supposed to have these difficulties in relationships. And we say that. Let's give those to God today. We're going to give them to God. The resurrection is proof that what looks like defeat might be victory in your life. God works through unmet expectations to make us whole. So let's give it all to Jesus today. All that stuff you say, Lord, it wasn't supposed to be like this. We're going to give it to Him and see what He makes of it. And it, Maybe it's the time to make that ultimate step and trust your life to Jesus. We're going to do a song here in a minute. I'm going to ask Tara to come up and there's a slide. If you'll hit the next slide there. Tara is going to, going to do her... Um, uh, sign language. You guys are shivering. I'm going to bump. I'm not going to make it quite as cold on you. How about that? This is one of my favorite songs of all time. And during this song, you may need to do some business with God, do some praying. And uh, we'll be here to pray with you, pray for you.
so much Tara thank you so much you'll have to bump the volume back down before we go into the post service God bless you all thank you for being a part of what we're doing here you know we do this every Sunday 10 a.m. we don't always have this good breakfast so today's a good day for that if you are you want some food come get this man please you cannot send this home with me okay I'm I have plenty to eat I am not starving y'all cannot send this stuff home with me as good as it is because I'm about to hit my high score what do you mean your high score on the scale that's where I'm about to hit my high score so we cannot we cannot do that God bless you all happy resurrection Sunday I hope you get to spend some time today with people you love and and uh, well I already have here I am with you guys God bless you all let's start in the post service and uh, we'll see you next week take care